But welcome, welcome to Church Faith Talking. My name is Dr. Graham Brown. This is my beautiful wife, Frankie Bennett Graham Brown. And we are happy and delighted that you are here tonight to join us tonight. And we are going to talk about a Mm -hmm. very, very intriguing topic. I like intriguing. I myself did not. Um, know this word last year until my wife kind of expressed it to me. Until we were victim to it and we were like, I think this applies to us. Right. Isn't that amazing? So isn't it amazing how you go through life with all these emotions and all these experiences and then there's a term for it and you're like, what? So I'm not tripping. That's originally what it was. We were talking about a situation, and I was like, Pedro, I know we're not tripping. I know it's not us. I know we're not crazy. And then all of a sudden, there was a lot of different articles that were popping up on the internet and on the news about our topic that we're going to discuss today. And we're going to break it down because it comes in many different forms. So tonight, we're talking about gas lighting. Gas lighting, right? Now... Usually before we jump into the actual meat and potatoes, we like to start off with a quote. And so, Pedro, tell us what the quote is for this evening. I think this quote here is perfect for the topic tonight Mm. because so many of us have been beaten up, not realizing that we've been beaten up. Boom, 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 boom. Rocky out. You got some spiritual fists hitting you. You don't know which side is coming from. mm -hmm. But Maya Angelou said this here. It's so profound. She said, I can be changed by what happens to me, mm-hmm. but I refuse to be reduced by it. Mm-hmm. I can be changed by what happened to me, but I refuse to allow that situation to reduce me, the person, the individual that God has created me to be. Yeah. I don't know Paul said it this way in Corinthians. Paul say All things are meaningful, mm-hmm. but not all things edify the body mm. and i will not allow those things to put me on the subjection yeah to those things right i'm thinking too i'm i can go through all these things but i'm not going to stoop to your level right right, right. i'm not going to get down i can get down with the get down but that's not happening i'm going to be the pre- oh michelle obama we talked about her affectionately in our last segment yes we do when they go low we go higher we go high we go higher for the lord and for his glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we church folks. Yeah, we church folks. But thank you all for joining us tonight. Yes, thank you. And uh, we definitely would like to get your interaction. Yeah, we love input. We're coming to Facebook. We got the phones. Let's chat. Yeah. So what I want to do now, we want to talk about the um, gaslighting. What is that? Wait, right. What is it? What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It was, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it was the number one word the top word searched of 2022, so much so that it became the word of the year. Was that good? That was good. We're in that corner. Killing it, Kobe. I'm trying to cool this I'm gas down. down. Someone's turning up your gas. The fire's supposed to go up. <laughs> Cola turns it down. So we're trying to cool it down by the so Holy Spirit. Gaslighting was the number one word, was the word of the year for last year. Because, and they, they interpret that because a lot of people inquire about it online, wiki, all types of social media platforms, and it was the top word search. And, so, it, and it, it, it cover uh, a tutorial of oh, uh, areas, yeah. but uh, it's so yeah. hard. So what we're going to do is that we're just, we're just going to narrow it down. Okay, well, we'll what's on, where we're going to break it up? Right. We're going to break, break it down. So my wife going to give us another short history okay. where that be, you know, the term began. Okay. And uh, you want to say something about that? No, you got to give the term, and then I'll, I'll give the historical background. What is gaslighting? What is gaslighting? Let me give you a good definition of what it is. It is 
go right to my notes here. Go ahead, take it there. Yeah. It is defined is gaslighting is a form of manipulation where the manipulator attempt to make their victim believe what's happening to them isn't actually happening and their reality is untrue. Can I add to that? Yes, you can. Also, my thought process is it's an attempt of one person to sow doubt into the thoughts of the other party. Right. Okay, and create confusion in the victim's mind. As we related to before, when we were asking ourselves about our situations, am I tripping? Are we tripping? Um, we're thinking we can't be because our reality is true, but there's confusion. And so gaslighting falls into that. Right. That. It's to change the person's reality mm -hmm. into reality that makes her believe it's not the reality. Right. Um, USA Today also says it's the act or practice of grossly misleading someone for your own for your own advantage. Right. So let's talk a little bit about where where did that come from? Where does it come from? Alfred Hitchcock. It's well, it's not a new term. It's not a new term. And right. you you hit the nail on the head. It's not new because our buddy, if you're a cinematic person, Alfred Hitchcock, he's the king of whatever that whatever he calls it, mystery. Mystery. Theater. Murder, murder mystery. Suspense, yeah. Created a he created a movie in 1944 that was loosely based on a play that was originated in 1938 called The Gaslighter, and the movie is about a man who attempts to manipulate his wife psychologically, and, and psychologically, and do things uh, to make her believe that she's crazy. Um, in, or, or she's going insane. And so the term gaslight came from, if we're going back to Alfred Hitchcock days, which are black and whites, uh, they lit the house and they lit hallways and even in the front of the house with the gaslight. And so she would look around trying to search for things and she thought that she was going blind and couldn't see because he would turn down the, the light. gaslight. So she could, he would dim the lights on purpose and make her feel like she was losing her mind when he was actually manipulating the environment. The environment, right. So it, it's it's the process of invalidating someone's feelings and making them go insane. So our delusion, right? So our attempt tonight is what we're going to do. We give you the definition. What we'd like to do is talk about the different types of gas lighting, right? That's available. And then we're going to give some examples of that. And what are some signs? A lot of you guys might not even know if you've been victims of gaslighting. What was that quote that you that you found earlier about gaslighting? Three and four, three and four people. Right. You know, I, I tell you guys, this is this is amazing. This is from the YouGov America, mm -hmm. and it said over three in four U.S. adults don't know what gaslighting. Is. Now think about it. Mm. I was one of them too. Yeah, probably me. Uh, we we yeah we we're two out of the four. Yeah, we were one of them sitting here. And uh and you know your people you. you and we wonder what what they're talking about, right? But I I found some terms a very interesting statistic that talks about this revelation, this psychological abuse that happened in America that a lot of us unaware of. Okay, well before you get there, we're gonna break that down. What types of gaslighting there is, right? Right. And then we're gonna see uh, how can you recognize if you are or were a victim of gaslighting? What are those signs? right? And then we're going to break it down a little bit further and talk about something that makes sense to us. And the reason why church folks be talking is really even a thing um, is spiritual gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Church gaslighting. It happens, guys. And are we tripping? Right? Because that's how we thought. So we yeah. know it's real. And then we'll give examples, I guess, that we we faced. And then we'll wrap it up and, and just give a vocal, um, a vocal thought, a final thought. Right. How to really address it and how to heal and move. And to know the signs that when you are being gaslighted. Know the signs to protect yourself. Now, now there are 15 signs, but my wife and I kind of wanted down to six of them that we want to emphasize. Well, let's talk about the types. Not just the types. Oh, you said signs. There are many signs of gaslighting. We're going to talk about the signs or we're going to talk about what the types are? What types of gaslighting? Are. Okay, let's go back to. Okay, then. Want to talk about the, the types first, and then they'll know the signs usually fall into those, right? These are the types right here. So I, I had there's there's a couple types. There's relationship gaslighting, right? And that is the 
really the main area where most people fall victim to gaslighting. And Crater's going to give examples of that. Then we have work gaslighting. Things that happen at your job, right? That really challenge your, your credibility, challenge your intelligence, and really are put you in compromising areas. And then you have organizational gaslighting, which is where we're going to really introduce the spiritual gaslighting from the organizational standpoint. And then there was another one that I just Medical. found out about. <laughs> Medical gaslighting, right? I'm sorry, doctors. And, and we have families, uh, family, we have family members that are doctors and whatnot. But um, I, I know people that fall into victims of this all the time. And medical gaslighting is really when healthcare individuals, healthcare professionals try to dismiss your symptoms or your illness. And they say that it's all in your head. You know, you can have some type of really acute pain. And I've seen documentaries on this, particularly for African-American men, when they go in and they ask for medications or they ask for prescriptions. And they say, oh, he's just trying to get drugs. And they dismiss the actual feelings. And these men pass away or they really have some terminal illnesses that linger and so medical gaslighting i mean and if we think about it right it's a lot of different gaslighters it's a lot of different it's a whole lot of gaslights out there but we're going to focus on the organizational um -hmm. it's so broad it is so broad broad yep and there's so many um things for us to really um i mean so many angles that we can yeah so let's let's talk about um, um, the signs, some signs of what uh, signs of gaslighting. How do, you, how do you know what to look for? So what to look for in the um, verywellmind.com website gave 15 signs, but my wife and I we kind of narrowed it on to six of them. Yeah, Number six of them maybe the, maybe the most common. The most common, right? Run into? Now, you doubt your feelings of reality. That's my wife gave the Ashka, um, Alfred Hitchcock example, right? Mm. Number two, you know, you feel alone and powerless. Mm. When somebody puts you in that position, you make you feel powerless. It's kind of interesting watch was watching this movie last night. It's a documentary. Ah, The on Deep End. The Deep End. Now, that on was a Hulu. classical example of gaslighting um, the gentleman. About a spiritual yeah, healer. healer, right? So yeah, anyway, we, yeah. we know we've got time. Watch exactly. it though. Watch it. It's good on Hulu Plus, the deep end. And then we talk about you are disappointed in yourself and who you have become. If and these are signs, right? These, these sign. are results right. of what happens if you find the yeah. right? And then number eight, I mean number three, excuse me, number four, number one, three. two, three, four. You worry that you are too sensitive. Yeah. That you're too sensitive. Why are you becoming too sensitive? You're getting too soft. You're, getting you, too you're soft. always too um reacting. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Number six is number five is that you second guess yourself. Let's right. let's stay here for a second. How many people in jobs, in relationships, in your areas of belief system know what you think is true? Right, know your point, know your work, know your job, but yet and still, people try to attack that and make you think that you don't know what you're talking about. Did you go to school for this? Don't did you get hired to do this particular thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so why do I feel inadequate? Why do I? Why am I second guessing myself? So people make you feel like you're crazy. Feel like you're crazy, right? Right. Second guess yourself. Am I tripping? And, you know, you know, you know. You hear the expression now. When your instinct, you know, have you have this your feel, gut, your the guts. gut feeling. Yeah. Your instinct is telling you something is wrong, but the person make you feel make, like make it, you begin to second guess yourself. Yeah. Like it's not the environment. The it's really right. you. It's, it's really you. Essence is really the person. It's really them. Right. And then finally, number six, you struggle to make decisions because you distrust yourself. Mm. You know, and that's why, and th- I think this is one that's more critical, actually. Okay. When the individual the perpetrator can dismantle you, you distrust yourself, your thoughts. You want to shake the table this whole time? I'm so sorry. I get excited. I'm taking my Maybe he's like, I know. He's strangling the table over here. But you know, when, the, when your perpetrator make you begin to distrust yourself, one, two, the enemy can dismantle you, then he psychologically grab you where he wants you to be. And a, and a lot of reasons for that, and I think we're going to get to that, is to have a dependence 
on the perpetrator, to have a dependence on your spouse so they can manipulate you. And they call it codependence. So they can, yeah, well, well not no, even talk, no, no. no. not codependence, sorry. You just like that word. It's that psychology in you. Um, but it's, it's to have total dependence on that person right. and to realize that if I leave this person, if I leave this job, I'm not going to get anything better than this. Right. I won't have what I was supposed to have. Right. This like, is as good as it gets. Right. It's, right. Like, it's like giving your life on the platter to the person. Said, here you go. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Serve it up. Me. Serve it up. It's like you yeah. lose your own individuality. Your which identity. what happens which in happen. our documentary we saw last night. Oh my God. It's, it, so, it, so. it's, the, it's the framework of a cult. Framework. I mean, there's it's nothing. Like there framework right. of a cult. Right. So if you put that. all your hope, all your trust in me, I am the only way out. Hmm. And that's going to be very critical. I'm the only way out or death is the only way out. Right. Right? Also, let's well, talk about now, what are some of the examples? Well, let's, right, well, you talked about some, have, not let's talk about have you ever been a victim of gaslighting? Now that we are aware of what it is. Can you go back in your your mental time capsule and see what it is? The documentary is called The Deep End right. on Hulu. I mean, yeah, I have had you a, ever yeah. been at work at in a relationship? Have you ever gaslit somebody in a relationship? Have I ever gaslighted somebody in a relationship in the sense to make the person? I, 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 I might have indirectly. Wow. Um, stud. Yeah. I think sometimes we do it innocently, not re- not realizing mm-hmm. that we are actually doing it. You know, I was going to say that there might be times that you might actually be the perpetrator, right? And not even know that you're creating that environment in the relationship, right? But if the other person is vulnerable and weak, they're not going to say they're not going to stand up for themselves and say point A point B. Talk about have you? What do you think? I was. I, I wasn't. Uh, um, before I met my wife, I was in a previous relationship. What are we doing? Relationship. And uh, no, no. Let me use another example. Okay. Yeah. And um, I went into this relationship. The person, you know, was struggling, and I, I came in there. I was mm-hmm. paying the bill, and and you know, I was the breadwinner of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would say to the person, well, you know, you can't, you know, you can't do it without me because mm-hmm. I don't want to be paying the bill. You need me. Mm. Basically, in that, in essence, what I'm saying to the person, you can't live without me. Mm. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's, that's what it is. So that sounds like um, of it, if we can be honest, that sounds like some real training day type Denzel Washington stuff. No, I'll be sure like, like y'all need y'all, y'all need, need me. <laughs> you know, King Kong ain't got <laughs> nothing on me. Um, but I've you not in a relationship, not never, not at all. Um, and, and I say relationships are tricky because I feel like a lot of the data that we have read through really focuses on the perpetrator having being more powerful and the manipulatee being more powerless. And that ain't, I've never had I anyone to know the document the name. I said that already. Yeah, no, she's right there. I said I was, I did ah. that 10 minutes ago. Okay. We talked about the deep end. Deep end. I, I said I, that. I saw her. If we say it again. We're going to have to tag Hulu on this. I tell you that. Yeah, that's right. But period. Um, so, no, I, I haven't been in a relationship, uh, romantic relationship, when it came to gaslighting. But what made me want to talk about it today is because I am reflecting on our nine years to be soon here in New York City. And year four, I was looking at Pedro, looking at me. We were looking at each other, looking outside our window, like, are we crazy? What is going on here? Like, what are we what are we doing in this city? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? Um, what did we come here for? Like, we knew our mission. But still, but I, didn't say so. I feel like we weren't accomplishing that mission. And so I felt you. like we were getting right. just the environment of New York City. And New York City can make you gaslit. You but think not, you can do anything, and you come to New York, and they shut you down real quick. But you remember too, you know, I think we even next prior experience at another church. When I mentioned the church we went to, um, where I was part of the the administration, mm-hmm. administration mm-hmm. team, ministerial team. Yeah. And they remember you that particular church. They have event, young couple events in the church, and but that was that was the first instance. 
of cast line. I didn't realize that was about ten years ago, right. and I would have never thought that Nine years that was about ten years ago. Um, I never would have thought that would have been true. Pedro and I were in the, like a, a group of people that we all had babies at the same time. We all had got maybe married around the same time, or we're just all married in general. And we all hung out, and I thought everything was good until I got put on notice that they were saying, well, why come you and Pedro didn't attend this event? How come you and Pedro didn't come here? Why weren't y'all at so-and-so's house? And I was like, I don't know. Was that even a thing? And they were like, well, yeah, we were all there, and you weren't. And so come to find out, we were excluded out of those um, soirees, so to speak. And I think this is a really generic reason. I'm sure there was more to do with it. Um, but the, the reason came to me, I think that I can remember, it was because we didn't have a house. I think that, yeah, I think we I didn't, said We that. weren't mortgage owners. Yeah, mortgage owner. We were going from house to house, and yeah. that was one. And that kind of hurt my feelings. But um, another instance that I'll never forget, and I'm not bringing it up because I get so dog-ass mad when I think about it, yes. is about a couple that we befriended oh at goodness. the church. It's and crazy. we literally became best friends. Um, you know, we, we did everything together. Their daughters were our best friends. Um, they ended up moving from Louisville to Cincinnati. And we would just track back and forth from Kentucky to Cincinnati. Uh, interesting which isn't a long, which was, is a long drive. All right. Well, no, right. And long at all. It's interesting. your friend. Yeah. But we were the only couple. That would frequently go visit would them. Would frequently go visit this couple. And when they had so-called friends in the same circle that never came. And so and I felt... I right. felt that we were really good friends. And then one day, and I'm going to do it because this is how I feel right now. Um, we went there. They're, they had a baby at the hospital. And so me and Pedro showed up with gifts. Um, we didn't call because you're at the hospital. And so you ain't going nowhere. And we thought and so were, we were cool like that. Cool. So we showed up with the gifts. You know, they were like, oh, this is great. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you. And then what? Two days later, the husband calls Pedro and it's just stark and pitch mad. That's what he said. Going off on Pedro. Yeah. And what did so, he say? When he called me, he was saying, you know, listen, brother, it wasn't cool for you to come on up because my wife was uh, in her gown and stuff like that. But when we got there, she was laying down with the baby. Right. Right. So didn't, we didn't say anything. But but what he said to me, man, it just flowed me. Florida. Yeah. Flo I mean, flowed me to you know in my heart. It and, broke. Um, you know, it broke my heart. Yeah, it broke my heart, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "Man, what did he say? You gotta I, say that." I, well, he said, "In a, what you did was inappropriate." I don't know, like that. I said, "Inappropriate." I said, "Brother, now my wife and I come to celebrate with you, mm -hmm. like and to bring a gift to show our appreciation, our love mm -hmm. that we have for you." Mm -hmm. But this was the same guy who came in my house for that birthday to me he would not do x y and z and he came to find out exactly what he said he, he would never do that to my friends i'm such a loyal friend and then he calls us out for being bad friends right. to come and visit him at the hospital and so i think i don't know if that's gaslighting please let us know but we were really second guessing ourselves like oh my god are, are we bad friends it, was that inappropriate? No, it is. It is because, in other words, you know, you know I'm saying it's, it wasn't inappropriate. No, no, no. What he what he said is that what he actually saying that you are not part of this group, so you're not significant. And the thing was, and to that's me, the problem. And I could understand if he would have came with a better attitude. He was pissed off. He was cursing. He had an attitude, and he was mad about it. Like we really offended him. When it could have just been like, oh man, you know, it was a bad time. We appreciate y'all coming. You know, maybe better better timing. But. um I think even in that instance, it felt weird when we got there because they were acting—they were acting—they were acting weird when we got there. Right. And so we should have took that cue. And from then, you know what? I was just like, we don't need friends like that. And ever since then, my my trust has been really and um, on on high. Get over it. To be quite honest with you, it took a long time for me. Our feelings were hurt. Yeah, our feelings because Pedro and I are really loyal friends. And so we'll do anything for our friends. And we get upset when you don't expect us to do things for you. Right. If we can. Right. And so I don't know. I think that was, a, I think that's a major example of gaslighting um, where maybe it started uh, because we were tripping and we were questioning the validity of our ability to be loyal friends. Right. 
And we're thinking, okay, did we do something? We were really thinking, and we we called other friends, right, right, to ask about it, to give them the scenario. Not only that, not with other friends, but in the inner circle, we thought to feel left out and thought to feel insignificant. Because we're thinking, did we do something? And then after that, they they really stopped inviting us. They stopped inviting us, right. Stopped calling us. So we're thinking, are we tripping? I said, you know. What did we do? Did we do something wrong? We didn't, and that was the crazy thing. We had no idea what it was. And the ba- the worst thing about gaslighting is people aren't going to tell you what the issue is because they're really protecting yourself. They're on defensive mode, right? Um, so that's what I, that's that's my first well, instance yes, of gaslighting. And then we'll, we'll transition to another. Um, uh, we'll get into that one as we move forward because we can stay there all day. Um, but go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about what do you have here. Not just, um, uh, no, up here. I'm going to give a few examples. Um, we, we gave you some of our personal examples of what we think gaslighting is, but Pedro's going to give some examples of what gaslighting looks like if you are on the other side of that. Right. So what, what do you think about that? Well, one of the examples we got is that um, lying about or uh, denying something Refusing to admit the lie, even when you show them the proof. Mm. That's a big one right there. Here right. it is. It's on my phone. It's right. for, I see you sitting with her. You know, and, I see this text message. Right. And they're like shaggy. Right. And deny say you you're being me. delusional. You're being oversensitive. Right. Yeah, that's the big one. You know. And number two is that insisting that an event or behavior you witnessed never happened and you are remembering it wrong. Mm-hmm. Remembering it the wrong way. The wrong way. Right? Oh, the next one is that. that word? Uh, like, no, that was so long ago. You must have, you know, that wasn't her. You, you're tripping. I didn't say that. Am I tripping? Right. Right. You're misinterpreting that. So these are the right. You putting words in my mouth. Putting words in my mouth. That's a good one. You can say, right? right? That's a good one, right. I didn't, that's not what I meant. Yeah. You're putting words in my mouth. Uh, number number three is that spreading rumors and gossip about you are telling you that other people are gossiping about you. In a word, what this people saying that they said, well, they're not this person that gossip about you, but they're the one who really gossiping about you. But they want to they project that image on the next person. Wait, can I give an example? Yes, go ahead. We're going okay, we church folks be talking, right? And so I want to give an example because this makes me think about the time I was at church and a church leader was spreading rumors about me. She was in the same mess as me, and she was making it look like it was my fault. We got into a, a little tete-a-tete, and she started to tell the rest of the group of members of the church that it was my fault, and I was the one, ag- I was the main agitator. When in fact, she was. And then so I go to church the next couple of Sundays, and everybody's looking at me crazy. All the senior saints looking at me. Like, look at this. She just got here. Look at this troublemaker. So they're believing what she said. And I couldn't defend myself because when we had the a meeting of the minds with our with our pastor, he said, don't tell nobody about it because we don't want the church to look bad. But then she didn't went and told everybody everything anyway. Right. And so I was left defenseless, defend myself. And the rumors were out there about me that I was a bad person. And I couldn't do anything about it because I had to be quiet. Right, because uh, the, the person portrayed that you have done something. That's not the case. Right? Mm-hmm. And and the fourth one is that hurtful, hurtful, hurtful. But the thing about it that there's grace. Yeah. And there and there's redemption. Oh, let's, let's talk about that later. Well, we can talk about that later. Changing the subject or refusing to listen when confronted about a lie or other gaslighting behavior. Oh, In other words, change the subject, people right? to change the subject, right? Yeah. And when especially when they know that you are telling the truth. They're quick to say, oh, I hear the baby crying. Yeah. Oh, something happened so over here. different kind of scenarios. You must have talked to, about the other sorority right. fraternity. Come up with different kind of scenario just to avoid um, confronting uh-huh. the real issue, right? And then lastly is that Telling you that you are overreacting when you call them. Oh, that's a big one. You're too emotional. And I think that happens not only in romantic relationships, but family gaslighting, work gaslighting, organizational gaslighting. If I'm telling you my experience and I feel a certain way, what I feel is what I feel. You can't negate that. And so then to tell me that um, I'm overreacting 
right? The biggest thing that I hate, and I think we definitely do it to each other, when we when we're both kind of riled up and we're about to argue about something, I'd be like, "Calm down, you know, you're doing too much." Oh, you always tell me ah, that's relax. our favorite word. You that's like, exactly relax. No, you're doing too much. Tell me to relax. That's my favorite word. Relax, my friend. Relax. Uh, uh, that just gets me even more amped up to start something. And she telling me those are my feelings. But it's the same thing with mine. You, you said, you know, I tell you, you to calm down. Just calm down. You need to just go ahead and calm down. Right? So you, you kind of... Um, we both... We both, yeah. our, our feelings. We do, yeah. And we do that. We do that. Not realizing that we're gaslighting each other. Yeah. Right? True. But it's when we want to... We not acknowledge each other reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I hear that. That's that's true. You know? All right. All right. So um, so let's talk about now... What we'll um, talk about? Um, what, what is spiritual... Well, how do you res- well, let's let's jump into that? Okay. So let's well, wait, before we get to okay. the spiritual, how do you respond in in handling the difficulty when it comes to gaslighting? How do you respond? What about what about you guys? Has anyone been in an instance where you've been a part of a gaslighting anybody event? You um, can you can how write do yeah, you respond. Right. You can to write that. something that we can uh, you know leave something in the discussion for later that we can that we can chew on, but. How do you respond? It'll show up right here. How do you respond to um, gaslighting? And sometimes the thing is, like I told Pedro, you have to ask yourself, tripping? Because I think I was just gaslit. As we were sitting here um, reading the article on news on the news, I had to sit back and say, yo, Pedro, we've been sitting, we've been in New York nine years, and I think we've been gaslit. Someone, that gas been turned on so high, Scorched, <laughs> yeah, and, right. Know, but here's the thing about it, though. You know, sometimes, how, how can I say this here? Just don't want to accept the reality mm. in, in your face. But yeah, you think to yourself, no, that person would never do that, that person or that group that. would never. That do group that. would never do that. Exactly. I've known them so long, right? So you think it, it not, couldn't? Right. It couldn't be. So you give them grace, right? You, you give them, um, you know, I always say, you are I, automatically right. give them an out. Right. I always said, you know, when I meet with people or counsel with people, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I always give people the benefit, benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. And until later, if they distrust you, you know, um, I heard it said this. I know how, I don't know if it's going to be. I'm, I remember this. I, this was a female preacher that preached at TD James mm-hmm. Church one time, and she was talking about, we talked about also, we can see that in, Domestic violence, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She said it this way If you hit me, yeah. it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. If you hit me twice, it becomes like, a habit. Like physically? Yeah. Okay. And mental, domestic violence. The husband beating the wife, or personal wife, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So if you hit me, you make a mistake. Number two, if you hit me again, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. And if you hit me the third time, then it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Right, so I think that's I think it's a classic example of what gaslighting is. Well, it, because it goes two ways, though. Yeah, I'm like I, like you asked me if I ever been gaslit. No, because I'm not gonna let it. I don't know if I recognize it, but I'm not gonna let it happen. Like if we, you know, we in the fight and you go, oh, and I get hit, I'm not about to be like, let me make you some chicken. Right. You know, fuck like, but then I'm gonna do that. Point is, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying I'm I'm smart enough to leave the situation. Some people, thinking, you get me. No, I ain't got. Some, I ain't shaking you or nothing like that. <laughs> I ain't trying you know, to. I used to be coming to church with black eye. I ain't trying to <laughs> buff you up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> you got more than gas. You got more than gas lit, right? Gas lit, right? Excuse lit, lit, That's catch a fire right yeah, there. Catch a fire. Catch a fire. But you have to know the sign. Right, and you have to know how to respond. So let's talk a little bit about um, how to respond if that is the thing, and then we'll jump into the organizational aspect of I'm about the spiritual, spiritual gaslight. Of, right, organizational it's, aspect, which this is, is the spiritual part of it, right? Because which is why we're here. Why we're here. Now, number one, it's one of the way that you handle gaslighting, right? Now, make sure it is actually gaslighting, right? Mm. No, but here's the problem: if you don't know what gaslighting is. Then you just gonna you're not able to recognize general abuse, right? Or a toxic relationship. But remember, right? The, the classic 
um, definition of what gaslighting is, is manipulation and create a delusional reality for the other person, for the other person to have advantages over you. So if you see it, then you can recognize it. Mm -hmm. right, number two, take some space from the situation. That is true. Because you know why, as my wife was saying about a couple in Louisville, Kentucky, it, it took that transition to come here to New York to live for me to finally oh, dealt with that situation. I was done with that way before we left. Now, you were done with it. I'm a queen. I'm cut off. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Because all the time... Well, because that was a nurtured, long-term, genuinely genuine lawyer relationship. But remember, like I said, you know, you don't want to give the perpetrator to dismantle you. And you don't want to give them power. Power over you. Like you. That, right? And I'll be honest with you guys. I, I thought I did something wrong. In the, well, we in the relationship, we both did. And I mean, you were over it. Oh, you were over it, but I was. Well, you were still. You can attest to that. You were still processing. I was still processing. How did I lose that friend? Right. What did I did yeah. wrong? And it took me that transition to say one day to say, "No, what?" In 2016, I'm okay. I think I'm done. And that was like four years after. That's four years after. So mm -hmm. he, you know, you can see the impact had on me uh, personally, yeah. right? So. You know, take some space from the situation. You know, I've been there. I've been there. I've lost a friend for decades, and we rekindled. And then again, I'm still thinking to myself, what did I do wrong? Because it still doesn't feel right. You know, and no matter what I do, I still feel like I'm walking on eggshells because there's always a complaint about something. Um, I'm never doing it quite right. Um, but friendships don't come with instruction manuals. And if you want me to just let me know so I can better um but i don't like the passive aggressiveness of it and so and the other thing i just have to let that go you know, and the other thing about it your health your mental health is mm. so it's so important i'd rather have important. my mental health i not rather, have to think right, about i'd rather remove myself from that person yeah who i thought was my friend but really is not your friend mm -hmm. you know and trust me i was telling my daughter this you know friends come and go people come and go yeah Right. Mm -hmm. But it's your mental state. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. I know to collect I'm evidence. Thank you, Sans. You're right? amazing. Collect evidence. Now, if somebody says something to you, CSI, what you kind of evidence you collect? No, you want to, the, the evidence you want to collect is when somebody says something that you know, as <laughs> in, in psychology, so your instinct is something wrong. What yeah. Person said, yeah. You're not too sure. Yeah. You want to go out and do the research yourself. That's even find out yeah. what is what has been said is true or not. That's even if there is evidence to collect. Like with the issue with our friends, there was no evidence. It was just out of nowhere. No, the evidence I discover was oh, that they weren't invited us. Right, they weren't invited. Okay, us, right, and you find out that's my wife said. Right, you're right. All of them purchased the home except us. Right, because the other person friend oh, that we saw. Oh, no, oh, I'm the same. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna get evidence. You gotta know. Life. You gotta know the evidence. Right. I'm taking away too Speak much time. Speak about the behavior. Right. Say if you see something like in New York and confront it. If you see something, say something. Right. Next. Say something. All right. I'll leave that alone. Uh, remain confident in your version of the event. Never let the, the, the other person remove you from your reality. Don't let them think you're crazy. Don't let them think you're crazy. Don't let them think you're right. Don't let them go up and flip in the switch the light and think that you're psychologically crazy. Right. right? Right. Stick to it. If you know for sure, be confident about it. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. All right. Um, focus yeah. on self-care. I think I said self-care. Take care of your mental. Your mental. Mental, you know, it's... Critical, man. And it's, you know, it's hard. I, I know a lot of people, especially here in New York City, they work, they work, they work, they work. It's like they're on a hamster wheel and they are unable to have self-care because they have to continue to work mm -hmm. or they want to do other things, but they're stuck in the job because it pays the bills. They can't really focus on what their passions are or where, thing, where, where the money, you know, they're only where the money resides, right? We ain't trying to be where the money resides. We want to be where our, our passions and our self-care lies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we can't do that because we, we lack focus on self-care. And a lot of people um, get sick. Because they work so hard right. they lack self-care. You know, even some preachers get um, gaslight. They don't even know that they get gaslight. Ooh, because that? Not because self-care, right? Mm -hmm. Because they believe that, oh, the pastor should do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Busy, 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 busy. Trip. People say, oh, that's your conference. But counseling, that routine services, right? 
No, it's not. Just it's because not. you look busy doesn't mean you're busy. Right, exactly. And self-care is very important. You're busy, but you're not effective. Right. The other one is that involve others. Mm-hmm. Find people who you trust. To get the... To, help to talk you, about it, to right? To talk about it, right. Someone. And by the way, you know, lack of trust is one of the number one thing in the church today. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get, we're gonna get we're there. We're going to talk about why that we is. We got a little time for that. We're gonna... For lack of trust. Okay. Seek professional professional support. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's okay to seek a psychologist. You know, if you're going through some situation, I'll seek your pastor who trained in, in, in the psychology. And, um, um, you know, seek their help. You know, seek their guidance. And the wisdom of helping you. That's the. Oh, and I would say, I would say, would involve others. When we were talking, um, we were talking about our situation here in New York. um, We we had a particular friend or or, or family that we go to really for counsel, um, and we bounce things off of. So especially me when I'm like in a funk and I have to reach out to say, "No, I'm not crazy. This and this and this happened. Can you shed some light on this? Is this normal? Should I feel this way?" Um, and once again, am I tripping? Right? And so involve others because if you aren't speaking it out loud, you're really denying it within yourself that the situation never happened. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Alright. So let's 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 jump into really what we've been alluding to all the time. All this happens in relationships, all this happens in friendships, all this happens in workplaces. All this happens in organizations. Um, we said it, we talked about it in hospitals, medical gaslighting. Let's really look into, um, does it happen in the church? How to past, can pastors gaslight their congregation members? members? Can members gaslight other members? What the visitors hauling about, right? And so let's talk about that. We call that spiritual, spiritual gaslighting. Spiritual manipulation. You want to talk a little bit about what spiritual gaslighting is? So let's uh, let's talk about what is spiritual gaslighting. Mm-hmm. I, think I like to say spiritual gaslighting is when someone invalidates a person personal experience by mm-hmm. taking scripture, usually out of context, mm-hmm. and applying it to their hardship. Right? Yeah. You know, in, in other words, you know, they take the scripture out of context. And apply it in the person, but it has nothing to do with the person. And situation. when we say out of context, they're 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 only given a snippet of the scripture, right? Or a phrase, and Jesus wept, you know, so you can cry too, you know. They're not given the the passages before or the passages after to really talk about why that scripture is such, right? right? Um, an example that we had is. Um, when people say, and if you've listened to our series, I did a whole, we did a whole three-part series on um, suffering with a purpose. And I really talked about my struggle um, with just suffering and and depression and different things like that. And one of the big issues that popped up was I didn't want to share what was happening with me to church members. One, because I didn't trust that it would get any place because I just said they were telling stories on me. Um, and I felt if I shared that I'm a pastor's wife and I'm going through things and I'm depressed, oh, that's a big one, right there. Um, yeah. I'm I feel like less of a Christian, and so most people are thinking, well, how does that even work? You 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 got the hookup right there, and so um, people will take those type of references or instances, and one of the main ones was, um, you know, Jeremiah nine and eleven. I'll have you read. That one say that I know you know it by heart. If someone says, you know, I'm not feeling well, I'm having depression, something's happening, I don't know how to cope, and then the first thing a uh, a a member would say or a church mentor would say, well, you know, Jeremiah 29:11 says, right now, come on, come on, God knows the, the future. God knows your future, and He has a plan for your, for your future, future right. things for hope. Right, so say it, right here, okay. said. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you, not to harm you, and plan to give you hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people take that scripture 
you know, sometimes and just misplaces mm -hmm. it's a wrongful situation. It's really, um, it really, and I, I agree, God does have all that. But my question is, I'm here on the planet today and I'm suffering. And how does that apply to what I'm going through? My cable about to get cut off. How does that apply to my, um, what we got anyway? Optimum. Optimum. It ain't getting cut off, but I'm but just saying. But even with the context But is, they take, they minimize, they use right. the scriptures and they minimize your circumstance, right. your feelings. And they're, they're not really addressing your your feelings right this happened the scripture right there's one band-aid a spiritual band-aid over it but they're not really addressing the root cause of what is going on yeah. right so when we do stuff like that we are harming the people more mm -hmm. and when they when we leave them unprotected you know they just walk away from god it's oh this is yeah. not for me church life is not for me i've tried this i've done this but they're not really address my and problem it, my situation it causes them to the question their Christianity. Right. Like, am I doing this right? Everyone else looks good. And then you say, no, I'm, I'm really not spiritual. Uh -huh. I'm, not, I'm not strong. Uh -huh. I'm not really. And they started questioning your salvation. Because what, you because what happens is um, when you, when you apply spiritual gaslighting to your to people, um, it creates a community that is lacking in empathy. A prime example. You know, I was, I went to a funeral yesterday uh -huh. and one of the lady, senior lady, was driving back with me, and she was sharing an experience. Mm -hmm. And because I've said in when I went up there to give the benediction, and you know, one of the reasons why my wife is not here, my wife is still dealing with the grief of her mom passing away, and my wife do not love to come to the funeral. Right? It's called a funeral, though. And the point is that she said to me in the car, you know, there was a lady. You said that at the um, I can't mention the name, but we're driving back. You know what I'm saying? You said that about me at the funeral? No, I was saying uh, my wife is not able to. Um, I'm saying you said that about me at the funeral. Not not in detail. Oh, not in detail. I said that now. Nah, my daughter's sick, and my wife's not even. Oh. but the real read, the well, read share, is yeah. part of. I was sick, and I'm not sharing germs, right. but I can't. I can't do funerals. No, she can't do funeral because until when she reached, I'm not point, ready. Right, until she reached that point. But my point is, is I brought that up was the fact that, and the, the, the individual in the car said to me, you know, you know, Pastor Pedro. And I remember a situation way back then when people said to a young lady, mom passed away, get over it. Mm. And I said to her, you know, you know, probably because at that time they didn't know what to say. They probably don't, they probably think that by saying that, that was the right thing, yeah. you know, and not realizing that you really had more hurt to the person feeling. You know, I was meeting, I had dinner with one of my good friends from IU, um, for a couple of Friday, Friday or so back. And we were sharing our experiences with losses of our mothers. And we were just really talking about the things that people say to you to help you get over, but are really insensitive. And one of the things she said that someone told her, and I've heard someone tell me this, and I probably told other people this, and I just it clicked. She said, people say, um, everything is, everything is, ha um, oh my God, it, I had it when you were, when you were talking about it. Uh, her mom had passed and they said, um, you know, this too shall pass. You'll get over this soon. Right, um, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, it won't. You know, it won't happen. Trouble won't last always. You know, things like that. And you know, she was like, "It's it, it's been four years. I'm still hurting. So how how dare you tell me just to get over it, right? right. And it, it's insensitive. But things like that in church create a lack of a community, lacking empathy, lacking real love, and lacking belongingness." Because right. in, in in my notes, what happens a result of spiritual gaslighting? It creates it can lead to trauma. It can lead to trauma. If, if people are telling you that you're what you're doing isn't wrong, or that you feel like you're less of a Christian because you're going through hardships and you don't know how to handle it, and you don't want to share, or if you do share, people minimize your feelings. It can create trauma, which leads to church hurt, right? And church hurt leads to doubting your faith right right um which crop which better leads you to pull away as people say from organized religion i believe in christ so i don't believe in organized religion and then um, people say no nah, I'm, I'm i'm more spiritual yeah which and then that leads and to that's, mistrust that's mistrust right most of i talk to now young young folks young couple they say oh i'm 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 spiritual yeah i don't go to church i don't go to church so that's the thing about it. But we know we're not really addressing what is really going on in the 
person life. And it could have been an instance of gas because people just don't automatically wake up and say, I don't go to church unless they never had anybody in their family go to church. Right. But if you're black, right. I'm just saying it from my experience. Right. But you done went to somebody's right. church. But if you're it's not there. really addressing the issue. But there's unresolved, there's unresolved trauma. trauma. Right. It leads up to that. Mm-hmm. It leads up to that. And by the way, you know, um, anyway, I- I'm going to leave that right. Yeah, we got to start wrapping up. No, uh, so we, you know, we're talking about now. Um, uh, we also experienced that in several years ago, um, where people would say that, you know, if you don't support um, certain, or uh, following certain paths, you're not a Christian. Uh, support any political leaders, you're not a Christian. And sometimes that can lead a young believer, you know, in that middle, begin to question. Or herself, I said, "Wow, that happened." You're talking. I'm definitely, I'm definitely thinking examples. Look at Instagram. And you see all these creatures out here are just a hot mess. You know, the one that comes to my mind is a preacher. If you guys watched him, he was on Instagram, and he had his mic and he had this nice little Gucci suit, and he was like, he was mad at the congregation for not tithing, not giving enough of their money, and he was like, "I'm not worth y'all McDonald's money. I'm not worth y'all Red Lobster money." You know, I can't get my Gucci. I can't get my Fendi. And he wants them to give up their hard-earned money to support his habit and to think the only way to get to God is by paying into him when he's the one that's actually benefiting. Right. When you say no, you know? and that's the thing. When people say honor your pastor, sometimes they take that scripture. That's another one. And misrepresent it. And know? they give you everything. And they make you feel guilty. Think about homeboy you know? that got robbed here in Brooklyn. Um... The past the pastor bishop that got robbed online, um, he ended up going to and he in jail. Then the feds come and get him. Yeah, uh, we're still in the latest movie. We, we, we don't want to leave that alone. That's something totally different. That's but the point serious. was, they were giving everything to him to fund his lifestyle, and they thought the best way to get closer to God was to give to him. Right. And he was gaslighting them, making them think that that was so. And then one more thing before we wrap it up here. You know, something's been said in church, mm-hmm. even by the pastor, by the preacher. You know that what him or her said is not true. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of go to them and talk to them, they're trying to say, no, 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 no. Um, this is what he really saying. And they, you know, even her who approached a particular preacher might begin to leave what God is really saying to them, yeah. but because that person is in that position, mm-hmm. you know, his or her position kind of override what you do. Yeah. And sometimes that can lead to spiritual gaslighting, where the pastor begins to manipulate what, what really God was really saying. Mm-hmm. But you confront the preacher about it, but they try not to be honest. About yeah. It. When when I was also looking, and as I'm trying to figure out our last steps. Um, when you think about gaslighting in churches, it, it goes two ways. It is is apparent in the church systems, how the church operates, the infrastructure, and it's apparent in church leadership. We've talked about the church leadership, about preachers thinking they're the only way to get to God is to honoring them. Go to that last email I sent you so we can end off on the final thought. But I'm also thinking about the church infrastructure. Even think about work. You know how a lot of businesses are really focused and leaned in on DEI, DEI, diversity, inclusion. And then they put all this money towards it. And then they hire all these people. But then who are still the main leaders? Who are still the CEOs at the top? Not the people that the initiative is for, right? And it's the same thing with church systems. Let's create new programs. Let's create new ministries to get to our youth. And then we finally, you know, fortunately get the youth and then the youth have no other, nothing to do. They're just sitting there. They're not a part of the ministry. They're not a part of the church. They just did it to increase numbers, right? Um, also, I'm thinking about um, one of the reasons I really had a bone to pick um, the issue we had with a, with a ministry. We, we tried to create a ministry that was pretty successful. Um, and the thing was, the church wanted the ministry. We gave them the ministry. We created the framework and it went well. But it was we it was like hell trying to get it off the ground. We had to go through him, her, they, he. It was a hierarchy and it was overly micromanaged. And it got to the point where our creativity was stifled and we couldn't really do what we wanted to do because there were so many hoops to go through. And so we shut it down. And then now people are like, 
hey, y'all should bring that back. Y'all should go ahead and do that again. No, won't. But and that's one of the things. Not on your terms, because when I try to give you something, you want to take over. You want to micromanage it. And so that's ingrained in the systems. Everybody has to have their hand in it. And I understand checks and balances, but it's not fair if you want something and then you want to run it. So you do it, right? Oh, man, I think micromanagement may be part of gaslighting. That's saying that. It's part of conversational yeah, gaslighting. Yeah, because what you're saying, you know, you can't do it without my present being. Right. Um, I have to, I have to prove it. I, I have, have to, to do it. it. But here's the key, though. You know, we have to give people mm-hmm. the leadership, the opportunity mm-hmm. to express their that they are capable of doing it because when we do that, mm-hmm. we're saying that we, uh, we're saying to that person, you're not really capable of really carrying it out. But listen, as you saying people, goes, you that have you know, to let way that people we grow do it when we make mistakes, learn from those mistakes. And you can't, Bottom you have line. to take a risk. You have to take a risk. And as a leader, you have to be behind those people right. and take the brunt of it, right? Um, one more thing, because I got, I got a million of these. That's why I showed up. Um, in, in one particular instance. And I want to go over this gaslight in the workplace. Just a couple signs and then we'll be done in the final thought. Um, I, cre- I helped create an infrastructure in a particular business um, to create their, their core social media. And it was done, but it wasn't active. And I started working on that. Um, added a couple things. And I was able to upload things. Scriptures were the days, pictures and things like that. Then it got a little bit too difficult. Well, you can't put so-and-so's picture up there without their consent. Well, how long is that going to take? Um, it's in, Okay, well, you can't put that scripture up there because it is contradicting on what... The, we use this version of the Bible, not that version of the Bible. So you can't put that online. Okay, you know, that's difficult. Um, and then it came to, well, um, you're posting things and other people are replying. We don't want them to be replying to the post. We don't want to have constant interaction. And it just got really difficult. Um, and then all of a sudden a committee got formed in order to figure out how to operate the social media. And it's just like, what is this? And then eventually the committee got formed and the committee, in the committee, someone was assigned to be over the committee. And then later that person was the committee administrator to do the social media and I was pushed out. So I was the creator of it and yet and still, I wasn't even able to operate it. And now look, a lot of grievances but you know what they're life lessons um to be learned and thank god that we have went through those because that only sets us up and prepares us for what comes in the future you know and so we're able to recognize that but it won't happen again that's all i gotta say but i want to give a couple examples with pedro well some examples of organizational gaslighting because that's really what we're looking at just do those without really yeah yeah um silently sabotaging I just talked about that. All right. I'm going to let you do the work. Um, I'm going to let you get all the information, but then I'm going to take forever to approve it. I'm going to take forever for the process to get approved, even though it needs to be done like yesterday. And so that prevents you from doing your job better. And then you're thinking to yourself, isn't that my job? But why is it so difficult? And the other one is that omitted essential information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think that the boss thinks that we can read him or her mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't really say it, how do you expect me to know if you really don't you know, share the information? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's 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 one area where it it, it can lead to situations. Yes. And I tell people this: I can't read your mind. I don't know what you expect of me unless you tell unless me. Unless you tell me, right? That's right. one is extreme defensiveness. Yeah, you know, the person become very defensive. And I have to admit, sometimes I can. When my wife looked at me, she said it. I said it. I mean, you know, you have to acknowledge it. Now, you have to acknowledge it. Yeah. Your character is being yeah. attacked. Right. You want to respond. Right. You feel defensive. I don't feel defensive. But what I'll do, yeah. you know, I always say this though when I become very defensive, I will go back yeah. and keep evaluate what the person said to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I have to admit it. That's wow. That's true. Yeah, I probably need to change this way that way. Yeah. So, but uh, but a, a gaslighter won't. They're extremely defensive. They're extremely angry about it, and they turn it on to you and not them. Right. Inauthentic helpfulness. This way, the gaslighter employee will pretend to help all their peers, although mm-hmm. their attempts are manipulative. 
That is so true. That's that committee that was formed. Why we got a whole committee about what to post up and ain't none of these people on social media? I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with having a committee, but sometimes you have to give people the opportunity to lead. It was, it was too much. But you do have cases where people said, you know, they pretending to help you, but literally they're trying to undermine you. They're taking back what you said and sending it to other people. No, it's really getting back. To really undermine your work. They're trying yeah. to undermine your work, right? And, and and hypocrisy. Oh my God, the Bible talk about this so much. It's big one. Yeah, hypocrisy, gaslighting. Bosses may be overly strict on certain policies when it comes to their employee, only to disregard those rules themselves. In other words, What's an example the rules of that? does not apply to them. The biggest example they gave is uh, a leader always complaining about other people being late, and then they show up late habitually. Listen, the biggest one we can see right now is in, in the political world. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're at a, a affluent position that, okay, they can do whatever they want to do. Because they have money. They have money and they have high friends and high quotes, so they know that they mm-hmm. can get away with it. So. It may not apply to me, but apply to the common people. Yeah. Now think about it. Most of the stuff that common people do get locked up for. And when those are in high position, do, do the same thing. They throw money at it. They don't get no 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 consequence. They got a slap on the wrist and then mm-hmm. that's it, right? And so the hypocrisy of that. And Jesus I'm addressed it in the gospel, right? He said, We must not be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we must be consistent all Mm-hmm. Right. We can say one thing and do the opposite. We must be consistent. So we're gonna. Boy, that was a lot. And the gaslighting, as we did our research, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's a it's lot, lot of layers. It's a lot there. You know? It's a lot of layers, and we've only really tipped the what is it? Scratch the surface. Scratch the surface. Um, right. of it. But more to come. We're looking. How, how do you think? that was what do you have any insights on that um you know let us know your feelings um about it uh, but definitely more to come on it and i think um gaslighting is definitely a symptom of church hurt and that's what we're going to be talking about our next series coming up this week um helping unpack recognizable traumas Trauma. i mean look we're here you know church folks will be talking cfbt okay and one of the things that we want to focus is on, um, baby, show your shirt. What would be, what are we talking about? Real people, real life, real people, real relationships. Real people, real experiences. Real, real experience, real people, real relationships. Oh. What's that? Let them to the bottom of it, honey. Funny. Real people, real experiences, real relationships. Yeah. Real and y'all people, got it right real there. Experience. Relationship. And that's what that's what we're focusing on. So we hope that you, for those who did tune in, tune in we thank you for, for showing up. Um, we're looking forward to some more live platforms in 2023, more collaborations. Um, but we want we do want to leave you with a thought for gaslighting um, to to chew on before we leave. Want to give that final thought? I thought that was quite profound. Uh-huh. If someone is chronically chronically gaslighting you, it is normal to feel frustrated, confused, hurt, and guilty. It is important to remind yourself that their actions are not your fault. Mm -hmm. Knowing how gaslighting works and being mindful of the common gaslighting example can help you break free from this form of abuse. And it's just like the Maya Angelou quote said. Right. I won't be reduced to this mess. Right. You could change me, but I'm not allowed the situation to reduce me. Right? So this platform is not so much trying to put anybody down. It's just to bring awareness. Yes. It's to bring awareness if you're in leadership. It's supposed to bring awareness. Because there's things that... If you're in followership. Right. There are things I myself have discovered through this gaslighting concept. Mm-hmm. So it's more so to bring awareness to your position as a leader. I'm yeah. telling you, and to hold you accountable, hold you hold, accountable, even hold ourselves accountable as as friends, as employees, in marriages, in relationships, spouses, right? Um, and speak up about it. So listen to the signs, um, recognize the signs, 
know the consequences of that and talk to someone about it. Don't be afraid to speak up um, about it because you never know who you can help out of those situations. All right. So from church folks be talking, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us and listening in and your comments and your shares. So share it, like it, subscribe. We're on what platforms, babe? Uh, yeah, on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio now. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have a um, YouTube channel. Yep. We have IG. And we're on IG. Look, and then number five. Five is the number. And you can download uh, Cashbox and can do, just come yeah, on. If you, do so, if you do something called Cashbox, it's yeah. on there. And uh, any platform, iPad. Podcast platform. Who knew that? You can type you can type your name in and we pump right up. Look, just just Google church folks be talking. And if you see somebody besides us, you better let us know. <laughs> they tripping. <laughs>